0: This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. His mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung.
1: Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio on another 115-degree day here in Phoenix, Arizona, and today I have with me Nicole. She is a single mom of two young adult sons, and she's a teacher. She lives in Colorado. She was married for 14 years, and she's been single for the past 13 years. Nicole, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks for having me, Mike.
1: <laughs> so let's just jump right in, and I'll have you get started in sharing your story.
2: For sure. Um, thanks for reaching out to me yesterday. Um, Today actually would have been my 27th wedding anniversary, and um, if I go back and think about that day 27 years ago, that was one of the happiest days of my life, mm. and I remember when I got married, I truly loved the man I married. I didn't know really what I was going to be, like what was ahead of me, but I just knew I was supposed to marry this person, and, and I did, and that day was definitely... Um, one of the happiest days of my life next to having my two sons. And so it still kind of brings up some kind of heartache in me a little bit just because I have to look back to say, no, my my reality today isn't what I thought it would be. But at the same time, I get to share today like the faithfulness of God in my life, even through some really, really hard um, realities and hard things that happened. Um, I moved to Colorado right after we got married, and I started a teaching job, and I remember um, my husband at the time had just graduated with a business degree as well, and he could not get a job in the field that he got a degree in, and I remember him being really stressed out because he went to college, so he wouldn't have to work jobs that didn't call for a degree, but all he could find were jobs that um, didn't need a degree, so it was a lot of stress in our marriage in the beginning. Um, I remember the first year of our marriage, we went bankrupt. We both brought in a lot of debt to our marriage. Um, so that was, you know, kind of a hard, rocky start in that. He eventually, he was also in the military, so um, he had, you know, one week in a month, two weeks a year type work. He did as well as he did some um, different full-time jobs. But I would say the first two years of our marriage were pretty rough. Financially, um, just getting to kind of know each other, I moved from the East Coast to Colorado. We started a new life um, in South Colorado Springs. And so um, we just did life there. We had lots of friends uh, and developed a community that way. But about three years into our marriage, we ended up buying a house in Northern Colorado Springs, and it was that when I started like realizing, you know, I started like really thinking more about God and things like that. But I wasn't back in the church at all. But I would say about three and a half years into my marriage. I remember rolling over in the morning. I always would roll over and hug my husband. And I remember one morning I rolled over and hugged him, and there was the most emptiest feeling that came over my soul, and I could not explain it. Mm. It was so bad that I couldn't even, like, continue to hold him. And I, I remember just kind of backing off and being like, what was that? But I didn't really have the understanding, like, I should pray about it or anything like that. We weren't really back in church at all. I just knew something was off. But then life continued on. Um, two years later, we got pregnant with our first son, and we had him. And it was right after that is when I was like, okay, I need to get back into church because I was having kids. So I was brought up in a Catholic church, went back to the Catholic church. We had our, my son christened and um, started kind of pursuing that. But my, also my husband at the time traveled a lot with the military So he would be gone. He was probably gone half of my kids' lives as they were growing up on TDY trips. So he was constantly traveling. And I never forget when he was traveling, I would have the most emptiest feeling in my soul when he was gone. I didn't understand the pain, but I felt this horrible disconnect in my soul, in my heart. And it was really painful, and I didn't understand why that was at the time. But we went on and had my other son, my second son. And then from there, I remember like, and I'm not trying to bash my ex-husband in this. I'm just trying to share this because this is what was in in front of me at the time in my marriage. And I'm not necessarily sure I handled it the best way, but it's just, I handled it the best I could with what I was given at that moment. But like he would, um, he would get Playboy magazine and he would justify, oh, oh, the articles are good. And then I would read some of the articles and they weren't bad. It just now I would not even touch that stuff, but he kind of always would phrase it in a way to make me feel more comfortable with something I wasn't comfortable with. And even when we bought our first house, I remember our realtor, he would take him to a strip bar. And I was like, I, I don't think this is good like, to go to a strip bar, but he always would turn it around to make it seem like it was okay. And somehow I wasn't strong enough at that time to really like fight it. I just kind of went with it, which was not right. But I think back on some of those things um that I allowed into um, my marriage. But as we continued to grow our family, we ended up moving from the springs up more towards Monument.
1: Let and me ask you, were you were you guys in church when this was going on with Playboy magazine and the strip bars?
2: No, no. That we were not back in the church at all then. No. We did not I did not start going back to church, I think, until I moved up closer to Monument and then started going to a Catholic church in town mm. um, there. I started, I, I was pursuing it. I got involved, like, helping out, like, in the nursery. Um, I started teaching, like, religious ed classes, um, think the kindergarten and first graders. Um, so I was in a Catholic church at the time when things were kind of revealed in my marriage, but I, um, I remember my ex-husband, like, coming off of these TDY trips and coming home and cleaning the house for, few, like, crazy crazy cleaning or crazy yard work. And I'm like, this isn't normal. Like, what's he trying to work off? Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. I was I was happy to have somebody help me clean the house. But at the same time, I just knew something wasn't right. And then I'll, I remember having friend, Christian friends come into my life, and they would constantly talk about Jesus. And so I really started, like, searching out my faith. Well, so what do I believe? Why do Catholics believe this and Christians believe this? I really started asking a lot of questions as I was teaching these religious ed classes to these little kids. So, but from there, I remember I was probably about the end of 2007, beginning of 2008. I knew something was terribly wrong, and all as I knew to do was at 4, 4 a.m. in the morning, I would wake up laying in my bed, and I would just be crying out to God for help. I didn't know what I was crying out for. I didn't know what I needed to know. I really had no idea. I always thought maybe he was having affairs with women. Uh, people from work but I never could prove anything I just I knew something was terribly wrong and then like that February I remember him coming home beat up he went on a guy's trip and he came at back completely beat up in his face and then he tried to explain that away and it was right it was, that was February when he came home beat up it was actually Valentine's weekend we went on a guy's trip Valentine's weekend which in hindsight looking back I'm like oh my but then Catholics celebrate Lent and we always give up something for Lent and I remember thinking I'm going to give up yelling at my kids and I'm going to get and I literally heard like in my spirit like we need to give up alcohol and I was like I don't want to give up all alcohol my friends were even like just give up beer just give up wine don't give it up all but I'm like no I was very convicted I needed to give up all alcohol and I was still waking up early in the morning kind of crying out in my my sleep, and, and not not verbally, but really just like one on one with the Lord in my sleep. I would do it every day, and then it was about four weeks into that Lent season when things were revealed with my ex-husband. Um, it was he was caught kind of um, pursuing an online prostitute. He had been up in Denver, and he, so it was kind of like the night before. I found it on his um, on his actual ATM card thing. But from there he even, like, would li- he even lied about that. He wouldn't even come clean when he was caught. But then that weekend, he did come clean and told me it was mostly he had been having, like, sex with men for years. So that was kind of traumatizing in the sense that I couldn't relate to what he was really telling me. I was, And I had seen an Oprah or Dr. Phil show somewhere along the line in our house up here um, more north. And he, I remember this wife had four kids, and she found out her husband had been having Relations as a, as a gay man, and how she couldn't get out of bed for 30 days. And I remember, you know, that year, when, once he told me, I knew I had to get out of bed. And I remember immediately speaking Christian counseling, and I found a place up in Denver that would help him and me. Like, it was, I can't remember that organization. But that was the first time I got to see, like, it didn't matter what the wife looked like, it didn't matter. Some of these women in this support group were beautiful women completely it had nothing to do with what you looked like. It was just these men really struggled with a lot of um, sex addiction-type behaviors. But mine happened to be more same-sex, but there were other women in the group where the husbands would act out in both. Um, So I I remember really starting to see, like, oh, like God kind of showed me in His Word, like, you're angry. I want you to kind of meditate on this scripture. And I finally came around a bunch of women that, for the first time, would pray over me, like, it got to the point that year that I found out he kept still acting out and going out and doing things and he kept getting caught and he wouldn't stop. And I remember him going to Las Vegas on a trip and I just wanted to go and like be undercover and have a wig. And, and the girls in the group were like, no, that's not wise to do. Let's pray over you. And then literally things ended up being revealed. Um, I remember my, I, uh, my first panic attack was him getting caught in pursuing. Somebody on a, a business trip, and I literally like saw the phone. At that time, you could see all the phone records. Like on Sprint, they would like label every single text and phone call you did. And so, every all the same number, I tried to call the number ask the person, hey, what's the person what, give me any details. I remember learning what a panic attack was because I started shaking uncontrollably, not knowing. And then finally, I looked it up on the internet and it was like, okay, take deep breaths. And I was able to come out of it. But the next morning, what was my son's, my youngest son's, I think, fourth birthday or fifth birthday party we were having at a dance studio at a gymnastics place where I could get up and, you know, decorate a transformer cake and go on my way telling my husband, like, you're not coming home. Like, this isn't okay. You can't keep doing this. And the more I stronger I got with setting boundaries of like, hey, this really isn't okay, the worse he got. Mm. And I will say. I always felt guilty for the boundaries I put in place, but I needed to put those boundaries in place at that time because he, he was going to end up giving me, like, I'm surprised I didn't have a, a sexually transmitted disease or how much sex he had outside of our marriage with men. Like it was, I, I just, the reality of it was pretty hard. But then from there, he ended up leaving then begging me to come back. And then I was like, you need to get help. You can't just come back. And he did, I remember having a counselor in the spring that dealt with like this kind of a situation. And I remember him saying, if, if he, all heck breaks loose in your house, you need to call me before somebody does anything drastic. And when all, when all heck broke loose and I kind of held him to the fire or something, he's like, I ain't calling anybody. And he got my boys on the step and said, I'm moving out. And the next day was my son's eighth birthday. So that was really, really hard. And he left. And from there... Um, he actually even pursued an, a, an intensive therapy with somebody in the Springs, mm. with one of the sex addiction ministries in the Springs, and he still ended up coming out of that and going with the man that he's still with today. And he would threaten me, and he would say, like, I have this man that would take care of me, and he's rich and all this stuff, and he would threaten me during our marriage. I'm like, we have such a beautiful life and a beautiful family, and he just wasn't content with that. And, and I see the huge spiritual war in it now. I see that like that was, as I was running towards God, he kind of was more running away. And I thought uh, we were both being shown the same truth. My response was to run towards God, and his response was to kind of run away. But I will say, I did not necessarily, after he really left, he did, did pursue divorce. Um, I can't say I walked it out uh, with purity. Like, I, for about a year and a half, thought I immediately needed to be remarried. And um, God showed me very clearly that was not His will for me because I got myself into uh, different relationships I never was meant to have been in. So I had to learn the hard way. Um, I think I needed to be humbled, um, to realize that I was no different than my ex-husband and that I needed a Savior. I needed to confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the days so I would be saved and born again. I mean, I had all this Catholic background, but I didn't truly understand the gospel until I started hearing, like, verse-by-verse teachings um, in a more of expository teaching church. And so that's where I kind of really came to faith. Like, when I surrendered my life to Christ, I think it was August 26, 2011, and we were divorced in September of 2010. So it was, like, a year after, you know, a year after. Um, the divorce was final. I really surrendered my life to Christ, and I, from that point, I backslid a little bit with trying to pursue relationships, but once I really surrendered my life to Christ, I was baptized, and I was like, I really want to live my life out. That's when I can't even explain how I know the Holy Spirit is real, I know God is real, I know Jesus died for my sins, because I went from not understanding the Bible at all to complete, like, understanding when I read it, and so... I am so thankful for God's faithfulness because He did bring me to a, a, a church where they had a school of discipleship, school of ministry program, and I got to spend three years just immersed in God's Word. And it wasn't just head knowledge I gained; I really did. It changed my life. Those three years. It was after walking so closely with those at those three years. I had now had young teenagers, and I was kind of out on my own. And I, had, I was doing ministry at church, and I was teaching kids and women's ministry, but that warfare was so strong because my ex-husband didn't leave my life. I had to raise my boys with them, with him, and that battle of going my voice going back and forth, back and forth, so God home not, like, it's not a joke. Like, the warfare that I had to endure going back and forth wasn't, it wasn't easy, and um, my sons both now, one's married and one's up in school in Denver, and they're they're launched out, and they're you know doing things in their life. But the realities of what really ended up really happening at my ex's house um, over the years has just come to light for me this summer. And I've had a, a really hard time, like being re-traumatized, really having to work through forgiveness, because I had forgiven my ex-husband. I'd worked through that. We'd have talked. I've shared the gospel with these men numerous times. My heart for them is that they would turn their life to Christ. But at the same time, there's constantly this re-trauma, re-trauma with, not trauma, I this it's just trauma, because it brings me back to a place of bitterness, because I'm so mad mm-hmm. of the influence they had on my boys, or what they allowed into their home, and what my boys knew about that they never should have had to bear. And so I've really worked through this summer, I have go back to really counseling myself in God's Word, like, i I, ha- I have to extend that forgiveness and leave them in God's hands because I'm not the judge. And so I still have had to continually forgive. Like it wasn't like a past thing. It continually has been in my face up until really um, this summer. So I'm just thankful that God really showed me that I needed the Savior just as much as my ex-husband did. And I'm just thankful that I went his way, because I I used to be pretty ornery. I mean, people would give me devotional books 10 years ago and and different things, not 10 years ago, I guess, like 15 years ago now, and I would mock it, and I'd go, like, why do I need that? Or I'd be in my friend's car, and they'd be playing Christian radio, and I would change the channel. Like, I, there was a time when I really did not know the Lord, and he brought me out of that darkness and really did show me who he was. And I have been able to come alongside other women. I went through your wife's heart class with Sandy years ago, uh, with a group. And then I think I helped out with a small group at, um, with your ministry a few back years back. And then even at the church I was going to, I've taken some women through, um, the wife's heart book. And so I happen to be that wife in the book that the marriage was not redeemed, but I love coming alongside women and encouraging them, you know, if their husband is trying to really get help to how to walk alongside them with that, because my heart is for marriages to stay together. I never wanted to be divorced. Mm. I, that was never my heart, um, ever to be divorced. I I knew what it was, the consequences for our family wasn't a joke. And I I think about my ex-husband and his life and my life, like everybody in his family, everybody was divorced except for say one family. And in my family, Everybody was married except for one family was divorced. So even our perspective, I think, on what marriage really was was very different from the beginning. And I had no idea the abuse he endured as a child and his partner endured. Like, they shared with me what really happened to them as kids. And the enemy does come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he comes at a very young age to put things in people's minds to take their purity away and to think that, oh, no, you really do desire this and not this. And I knew my husband's sexual foundation had been skewed from eight years old. So that's why I didn't leave because I was like, I really felt like there was help for him out there because I didn't believe he this day even though he was having these relationships. I'm like, no, your whole sexual foundation was skewed. And then it comes to find out even his partner had abuse by someone, his mom. I don't know, so that's another whole thing. But I just... And I even see today, like in the world, with all these kids now being confused on their gender. I'm like, Satan is really the angels or whatever it is is attacking people's minds from a very young age, and that's what I think we're seeing in society happen. It's his last fall to try to ruin mankind because God loves us so much, and Satan is here to destroy us because he hates God. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, I know the war is not against flesh and blood. I know it really is, there's this roars of demonic forces, and I just I just continually ask God to, I'm so thankful for the churches I have been equipped with, because no matter what was going on around me, God kept putting things in front of me, whether it's Bible studies or people or different things that just kept equipping me to keep fighting the good fight, because it's not, the enemy constantly tries to drown me, tries to take me out with depression, anxiety, like it's come at me so much. And so I can encourage anyone out there, just keep pressing in, keep showing up, keep seeking the Lord with all your heart. Surround yourself with people that do love the Lord and will come alongside of you um, in that.
1: Let me ask you, um, when you first found out that your husband was seeking out, for having relationships with men, how did you, or how have you coped with that over the years?
2: You know, when I think about the relationships he's had with women, that really bothers my soul. Like, it gives me this jealousy when I think about women. But with men, I don't, honestly, I I don't understand it. I don't feel anything. I don't, like, it doesn't, it, I mean, it was humiliating. I will say I do remember feeling very humiliated very early on because I wouldn't tell anybody for about a year. Like, I sought all this private counseling out, but I did not tell anyone for over a year, even after he left, I think it was over a year before I really told anyone. So I would say it was definitely humiliating, or I felt like it was humiliating, because why would you choose a man over me? Like, I don't get that, because our sex life was not bad. We didn't have a horrible sex life. It wasn't bad. So it didn't really make any sense to me, because he really wasn't, I think with sex addiction I will say in that whole lifestyle it's gotten more and more progressive it doesn't stop just with like in, it just hasn't stopped with just two men like it doesn't stay in that purity it doesn't I don't know how to explain that but I just think I felt more humiliated so I've had to kind of work through that with God over the years and Him to take that from me because that's something that was done to me and I can't I can't take that on, but I also will say what really transformed me was me having to be humbled and from my pride and when I thought how righteous I thought I was and I really wasn't, I'm just one step away
1: mm-hmm.
2: from the same thing as, and I just have to remember that I'm saved by grace through my faith. Like it's not anything I've done of myself. Like that, those verses really stick to me because I have to remember that I'm not any better of a person than he is, I just believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again, and I need him. I needed him to save me, and I've chosen that.
1: Like, Nicole, we have, that we have we have a yes. minute minute left. And, and first off, um, to our listeners, this is not rare what Nicole is sharing, where a husband, even in the church, will leave his wife for other men. So I really appreciate Nicole You're being willing to come on and share this. So, Nicole, 30 seconds, anything you want to say?
2: I just want to say, if there's any women out there that are in this situation, just keep running back to the Lord. Surround yourself with women that can be there and to be a light for you and to challenge you and to encourage you to keep growing in your faith. And if there's any men out there that are struggling with that same-sex attraction, keep running to the Lord in it. Don't give up the fight, because God designed you to love your life, and everything else is really a lie, and it's deception. I just pray that people would see that.
1: Amen, and thank you very much for sharing, Nicole. I know this was hard and painful, but I appreciate your honesty and transparency. And thank you for joining us, my friends, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: Do you want to be free?
0: Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.
2: This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.